Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. I am your host, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by Michael Moon. Michael Moon, PhD, is CEO and Principal Analyst at Accelerate Research and Advisory Services and Founder and Principal Consultant at MMM and Associates. Michael, welcome to the HR Chat Podcast. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And let's jump straight in. Firstly, tell us a bit about yourself, your career history, and how you came to be at your current roles. Sure. So I actually I have a very non-traditional path. I think that um, for a lot of HR professionals, that's the case. But uh, I think my story is a little bit different than most. So I actually started my career um, as a professional actress. So I worked, you know, I, I've got my bachelor's and master's in musical theater and theater. Um, and I, I worked as a, a union actress until I was about 28. So, uh, you know, musical theater, uh, classically trained opera singer, and, uh, you know, just performing was my thing. You know, as a, a, an actress, um, you know, we all know that they have to do other jobs. So I did a lot of, you know, waiting tables because that's obligatory, uh, but also, um, you know, temping. And one of the first temp jobs that I had was, uh, you know, an HR admin type role. But it, you know, it took much longer than that for me to realize, oh, I think I want to do something in HR. But I happened, you know, in the early parts of my career, really just that person that um, everyone turned to because I'm really good with figuring out how things work. So it's very good with from a technology standpoint. Um, and then, you know, I'm a very logical to a, you know, one might not think that with a, a theater degree, um, but I have this, this strong sense of kind of a process and order and, and how to put things together. Um, and then also, you know, uh, numbers. Uh, numbers have always been a strong uh, strength for me, um, stemming from my um, magnet school education in high school. So, um, you know, it, it just kind of something that I fell into, but as I progressed through my career, um, you know, I, I, and I had to figure out, well, what do I do now? I have this master's in musical theater, but I have this interest in this other area. How do I, what do I do? Like, how do I progress? Do I need another degree? Do I need to move or, you know, so, um, I had a chance to, you know, get some very good career advice, um, from one of my mentors, John Malinowski, um, who at the time was the VP of talent for Raytheon. And, um, you know, he get, flat out laid it, laid it out to me and said, you know, if you really want to, you know, go further at, at Raytheon, you got two options. You can either, um, you know, move to a satellite location or, you, you probably should go back and get a business-related degree. Um, so at that time, I made the decision to, to go back to school and get my master's in HR. And uh, and at that things doors are started to open for me. Interestingly enough, um, all of a sudden I was being uh, considered for exempt roles, even though I didn't really have the experience. But um, it was a good sign for me that um, I had made the right choice. And then I think, you know, I, I again, I, I landed in um, reporting and analytics uh, for a while there. I spent some time um, in HRIS and a little bit of time actually for a year working for a vendor doing technology implementation projects, um, as well as, you know, training and change management around that. Um, and then I went back um you know, to work uh, my last practitioner role at Thomson Reuters and uh, progressed again from from reporting and analytics uh, and moved over to the talent development side. And this was about the same time that I uh, had decided to pursue my uh, PhD. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I 
put, you know, I, I finished the, the PhD program. I was working, um, you know, working on engagement survey analysis, talent review analysis, talent review development, um, and, and just realized that, you know, my skill set, um, at least for someone that lives on the East Coast, uh, there weren't a lot of opportunities for me quite yet. And you would, you would think, okay, someone who has HR analytics experience, um, oh, you know, be lots of job opportunities. But at least, um, and it's pretty much true today, um, back then too, um, most of these jobs exist, you know, on the West Coast. Um, there's a couple spattering, you know, in Chicago and in the South. Um, but I knew what I didn't want to do was continue to just be um, – you know, I didn't want to be a generalist. Um, I really wanted to be helping provide strategic guidance to uh, to the, to HR um, around making the right decisions around their people. You know, using uh, research, analytics, uh, data. You know, to make those decisions. And so that's when I um, made the leap and decided to actually uh, go into doing research and worked for a company out of Seattle called I4CP for a little while. Um, and then um, more recently went over to become the research director for Aberdeen Group's human capital management practice. Um, spent about a year and a half there and, um, you know, which was great because I got back into the HR tech world, um, strong passion for me, um, an area kind of, you know, where my roots were. And, um, and then about a year ago, I decided to branch out and start my own firm. Um, you know, initially it was an HCM consultancy. So that's uh, one of my companies, um, you know, really just working directly with HR practitioners on a wide variety of, of, of topics. Um, and then, um, the uh, research and advisory services uh, firm, which is an analyst firm, um, and the customers that I support there are human capital management vendors. Let's imagine that you're at a networking event, okay? And uh, and somebody comes up to you and uh, they, they've read your bio and they see that you've got so many strings to your bow, so to speak. <laughs> and, and, and they say to you, why HR? Why analytics? Why a PhD? What would you say yeah. to them? You know, it, it really has to do with, um, I think it starts back with the numbers, um, you know, just being really good at math as a kid and uh, loving numbers and loving, I mean, there was such satisfaction I got from solving a math problem or using math to solve another problem. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of, no, not a little, I'm a lot of a geek, um, <laughs> but, but I also knew I didn't want to use my superpower uh, to do something boring. You know, I didn't want, and no offense to these professions, but I didn't want to be an accountant. Um, really no desire to like, go into financial services or do anything along those lines. But I also had no idea what I could do with it, but I knew what, uh, that I wanted to, to use it in some way to actually help people to impact their lives. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, so that's kind of that that intersection, you know, f with HR and, and analytics. Now, I, I didn't join HR because I like people. Um, like I said before, you know, it was a it was a happy accident. Um, but then, you know, as I I think because of my um, a because of oops, so sorry because of my um, my experience as an actress and the degrees that I had um, in in acting uh, and that it, it uh, made it really difficult for me to get taken seriously. And even though I had the capabilities and I'd worked on the projects um, that one would think, oh yeah, she's qualified. I had this stigma uh, that I needed to overcome. That was number one. Um, number two, um, I also joke um, somewhat seriously, um, but not that, you know, I needed a way to 
continue to uh, defer my student loans. So it's like, hmm, maybe I'll go get another degree. Um, <laughs> but but in reality, it was, um, you know, I had come up with my own methodologies and approaches and calculations um, to how I, I was doing my job um, in talent analytics. And um, I felt that, you know, I've always been one of those people that, you know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. I want to feel like say I'm an expert in something or to say that I, I'm qualified enough to, to to teach someone else how to do something, I need to really know it well myself. Um, and so, you know, I, I ran, I was actually, it was Talent Management Magazine and there was an advertisement for um, Bellevue University, which is where I, I ultimately got my PhD. And um, it was this ad in the way that they described the program. It was, you know, uh, you know, statistics was required and it was, um, you know, thinking about, you know, people from a strategic approach and how do you apply, um, you know, evidence-based management to how you make these decisions. And then learning about what really drives and motivates people in the workplace um, and how do you connect the dots between, you know, the investments you make in people um, and and whether or not, you know, that those investments actually make an impact not only on the organization, but also on the individual. Um, So I felt the only way for me to really... um, had the type of impact that I wanted um, was to to go through a program like that. And it is the only one of its kind. Um, and it was the first and it's still the only and um, incredibly unique program that actually combines HR, organizational psychology, finance and economics. How, how do you think your background in training in theater has impacted uh, the professional that you're on today? Well, I, I think that um, it helps really balance me because, I, as I said before, um, you know, strong with numbers, very logical, uh, very analytical sometimes, sometimes to a T. You know, I, 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 I always joke when someone makes a comment about, oh, well, based on X, I believe Y. I'm like, well you know what, we need to get a couple more data points first before we can make that decision. And, and so my whole family makes fun of me. So, but I think, um, you know, the, the, there, I have a very strong emotional side as well. So I actually have referred to myself as being ambi-cerebral. Um, so I'm both equally right and left-brained. And um, I think that, uh, you know, the, the theater training has actually enabled me to think about the human side of data, um, to be be able to empathize, to put myself in other people's shoes, um, just try and, and think about what are all the different points of view that I should be considering in my research. Um, so, you know, I think that that's one way. And the other really is this my, uh, you know, because I am incredibly creative as well, um, I'm able to really, uh, A, communicate the story behind the data in a way that is compelling and sometimes can even um, emotionally charge people. Um, and I can also display that information in, in a much more um, creative way, which sometimes, you know, we need to do to, to, to dry, make that dry data, um, you know, really uh, jump out at people. So I, I think those are kind of the two ways um, that it's impacted me as a professional. Okay, so I think we've we've covered a lot of this so far. But um, here's another scenario for you: you're, you're in an elevator, and you've got you've got your thirty seconds to give your elevator pitch. When, <laughs> and, and somebody says to you, "What does accelerate and MMM and associates do?" 
What, what do you say to them? Um, so I, you know, I got my elevator pitch, which is we're an innovative uh, analyst firm that provides strategic and research advisory services um, to human capital management vendors as well as HR practitioners. And essentially, what we do is we look at. Um, I focus um, primarily on five particular topical areas, um, and there's a reason for that. Uh, but they are performance management, employee engagement, social technology well-being and analytics. And so, well, you know, analytics, how that weaves through all of those areas. Um, and so, you know, I, I do research and create content and provide guidance to vendors and practitioners around those topics. Awesome. Just in time for me to get off at floor 15. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what, what does an average work week look like for you, Michael? Oh, I'm so happy to say I don't have one of those. Um, <laughs> so, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's also one of those reasons why, um, I think, you know, I left the practitioner world and, and I work remotely and I have for a very long time. Um, it just, it, I, I'm more, more productive this way. Um, so there really isn't um, an average week. And I think, you know, if I ever got to that point where I could tell you the answer to that, um, it'd be time for me to move on. So, um, you know, I, I have, you know, three or four briefings a week um, on average with vendors, um, you know, and then I have client calls, uh, you know, one week I might be delivering a webinar, um, the next I might actually be speaking at a conference, um, you know, writing white papers, doing a blog, um, doing podcasts, <laughs> um, doing Twitter chats. Uh, so it's a little bit of everything, um, you know, and and then obviously, you know, just lots and lots of writing. So. So as, as, a, as a speaker, as a presenter of uh, webinars and so on, what, 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 do, what do you think are the two or three key components to make a powerful, engaging presentation? So I'm going to the, – the way that I'm going to answer that is, the, is also partially what I think is important for me in order to – how I differentiate myself from others. So um, – and this is the one way that I, I do that. Every webinar that I do – uh, there's research in it. So I like to present, um, you know, the, the, the actual empirical research, the, you know, what are the experts saying on a topic that, that is not necessarily the thought leaders, um, but the, the academics, the, the heavy researchers in the space, because what I want to try and do is set that foundation um, and have part of what I'm doing be um, educational. So ha- teaching people something they didn't know before um, and then I think the uh, the other piece behind it is being able to um, you know share stories of of organizations that have you know if you talk especially when you're presenting you know research uh, some of that can be dry so you know taking that and what's the practical application of that if we're an organization and being able to also share specific organizations that have you know taken um, that approach and um, you know lived it breathed it and been through it and so what does that look like um, so I think you know it's it's educating um, you know through research um, it is you know sharing real world examples um, and then it's it's about all also, for me, um, creating a dialogue. So um, I try, especially if I'm doing one with a vendor, I, I, I tell them up front, you know, don't wait until the end to throw those questions in. And, hey, let's have a dialogue ourselves. Um, so because, you know, we're, we're most people are logging into these webinars on their lunch hour or they're taking an hour off in the afternoon and they're listening in. They're probably multitasking. Um, and if there's just one voice talking for a long period of time, you're not really going to pay attention. So, um, so that's the other thing is I just try to make it light, um, some, you know, informal, uh, you know, dialogue, answer questions as we go. So talking of light and informal, here's a silly question for you, which you'll appreciate as a, as a 
bit of a thespian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who would play you in a movie and why? Oh, my. So who would play me? Um, well, it would have to be someone that has, you know, a little bit of a multiple personality kind of going for her. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe a Winona Ryder, maybe. Um, I don't know. It's got it's got to be someone that has that ability to, to uh, you know, portray a little bit of uh, wackiness and uh, uh, and intelligence at the same time. So, what what, what advice? Uh, now we're getting serious again. Oh God! <laughs> um, what what advice would you offer uh, to newbies in HR uh, and maybe students of HR programs um, who are just beginning their HR analytics journey? Say. Yeah, so I I, th- I think for I'm going to start with the students of HR programs, and I and I can also start there and also say you know the the path that I took and why I think um, it was so successful for me. Um, most HR programs, especially at the undergraduate level, um, but even at, at the master's level, which is what I experienced as well, uh, they're very very topical. So you you've got your class on compensation, you've got your class on on benefits, you've got your class on you know employee relations, and um, and many of these HR programs don't reside within a business school. So they're part of like the College of Arts and Sciences or the Humanities or, um, and so for me, I recognize that, you know, that just wasn't going to cut it um, for the type of work that I was trying to do. So I made the deliberate choice to take all of my electives for my master's program in the business school. Um, so I think, you know, as a student, if you don't feel um you know, obviously, if you're just looking for a school and, and you know the kind of HR person that you want to be um, and you want to be more strategic and you want to be able um, maybe, you know, to, to use analytics to help make better people decisions and business decisions, um, you know, I would seek out you know, programs um, that, that actually offer, you know, courses in, you know, financial acumen um, or, again, you know, have that ability for you to take courses outside of your major um you know, to actually supplement that. Um, and then in terms of people that are, are just new to HR, um, you know, just early in their professions or even those who are, um, you know, early on that, you know, I really want to start getting, you know, um, engaged with analytics. Um, I, you know, it, 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 there's no one right path, uh, but I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, is to take baby steps and, and recognize that um, there is no, um, you know, there, there's no a complete formula about where you should start. Um, but it's it's also leaning on uh, the network and leaning on the there's so much amazing content um, that's being produced in this space. Um, so there's a lot that you can teach yourself. Uh, there are courses that you can take, and uh, and and it and it's not a scary journey, especially if you um, if you if you do the small steps at a time, um, and and don't get afraid of these crazy terms that are being thrown around like big data. Um, so again, we don't have to go there. HR really doesn't, in my opinion, there really is you know there, it, the application of. Uh, big data to HR problems um, is is a little bit of overkill. Um, so if we think about you know big data with a little b, um, and we think about just small little projects, um, you know, and and trying to find ways to educate you know ourselves, um, you know, through conferences or workshops, a uh, little bit at a time. Um, I think that's 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 my advice. As someone who's so heavily immersed within the HR tech and analytics space, um, can you can you do a little shout out to two or three uh, companies that you love? Uh, maybe 
companies you've seen at events like HR Tech. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. So I will Go tell ahead. you, yeah, there, there's um, there's one that I got introduced to HR Tech at HR Tech this year that I'm very excited about. Uh, that uh, it's just you know we think about this uh, revolution. Well, well, air quotes, you know, in performance management, and um, and I and I, I wrote about this last year. Um, actually on talent culture, uh, about the two main trends that I, I saw driving um, HR technology, which was also then helping support changes in HR. Um, and one of those was personalization and uh, the ability to uh, manage people at, in, at individual levels and not treat them like, you know, well, this is the group of employees, so this is your development here and this is your performance here. Um, but, but at any rate, to help um, really facilitate, you know, if we're going to have continuous conversations and provide more frequent feedback, which is what we should have been doing all along. It's not a, uh, a new, it's, it's, it seems to be new in most people's eyes, but in reality, uh, our, our, our need as humans is to, is so that we get feedback so that we know, should I keep doing something the same way? Should I make adjustments? Should I stop doing it? And that's how we learn. Um, so in order for, uh, you know, managers to start to have those conversations uh, more regularly, um, the technology has to be there to support them. And so the, the vendor, I, long introduction, um, that I, I really like was high, <laughs> high ground. Um, so they're, they're very innovative. Um, they also got some, you know, I, again, I don't want to scare anyone, but some machine learning um, that is really cool without making you go, oh, my gosh, this is a robot or this is artificial intelligence. Um, they also had the best booth if, if you had a chance to go by. You know, they had the puppies. So, you know, that was, you know, a, a no-brainer. But I, I really like the technology. <laughs> um, and then um, there's a, a actual an HCM suite that I really like. Um, called C Factor. Well, the company C Factor works, and the product is Vibe HCM. Um, and and one of the reasons that I really like them um, is uh, in my passion and my PhD work was in social technology adoption in the workplace. Um, so for them, it's the way that they've integrated social features um, into the technology, um, the way that they've also, not only from a, you know, social connections with individuals and information, but uh, also in creating a knowledge base uh, for HR to, to post answers to questions that other people, so it's like kind of like a light jive, but uh, much more interactive, and, it, and, and it's built in a way that that uh, and I'll use the word engage a different way. You know, it engages um, individuals uh, in in the actual application. So it's not like a tra- it doesn't feel like you're doing something transactional. Um, and then, oh gosh, um, there's so many exciting ones. Uh, so Trustphere is another one. Um, they are, you know, I'm a, one of my areas, specialty areas is social network analysis um, and the methodologies that, you know, go behind that and, um, and social capital theory. And uh, this particular vendor um, actually mines email data, um, uh, uh, IVR data, uh, chat messages in organizations uh, to help figure out where what what kinds of networks exist. So um, who's collaborating with whom, who's communicating with whom, um, and being able to then ad- identify you know where there might be pockets. You know, um, so so organizations can be a lot more proactive about identifying maybe this is person over here. They, you know, they're not on our high potential list and, you know, they're an above average performer, uh, but look at them. They're the center of this network and we should find out, you know, what is it about this person? Um, and, oh gosh, what happens if we move that person from the network? So, uh, you know, it's it's some 
really interesting technology. Uh, I think we're a, a little far away from a full adoption in HR of of actually using networks to, you know, it, from an analytical perspective and a, a diagnostic tool perspective. Um, but I, I believe that you know five seven years from now that we'll we'll see a lot more uh, acceptance of that. So I think TrustSphere is a great one, and then there's another one that's called Polynode. Um, you know, they're um, much more focused on the HR and organizational, uh, you know, effectiveness and looking at networks and how they impact that. So I'm for sure going to invite you on for another show and we're for sure going to talk about social tech adoption in the workplace. Um, oh. I, uh, I think that is a very, very interesting topic. But um, <laughs> we're, 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 we're coming towards the end of this particular show. Before we before we wrap up, just a couple of other questions for you. Sure. Um, firstly, can you can you list two or three uh, other influences in in the HR tech and analytics space that you follow and you respect? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so from a, a HR technology, um, I, I follow a lot of, of Jason Averbrook's stuff. Um, uh, not only the the content but uh, that he provides but also i really love hearing him speak um he's very engaging very passionate so it reminds me a little bit of myself so um from a, from an hr technology perspective and then from an analytics um perspective um they're you know my 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 analytics hero and i, I think i've said this on another recent podcast um is alec levinson and he is um a research scientist for the center for effective organizations at usc um, and then um, Evan Sinar, um, who works for DDI, um, he's probably the most prolific uh, Twitter uh, person in his profession. He's actually a, an IO psychologist, a PhD as well. Um, and man, the stuff that he posts, uh, you know, it's uh, some really great stuff around data and visualization. It gets you thinking about uh, what's the future of this, uh, this field? Um, and so, yeah, so those are the three folks that I, I follow on a regular basis. Are there any events that you're going to be attending or speaking at in, in 2017? If uh, so, which yeah. ones? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be, uh, gosh, uh, so I'm speaking in April um, with the um, Human Resource Executives Health and Benefits Conference, um, actually speaking on the power, uh, tapping into the power of social connections in the workplace. Really, the topic is uh, around social well-being, um, but also ways in which technology can facilitate that. Um, so I, I've done a lot of work around well-being. I have a book that I've been working on for a couple of months now um, on the topic, you know, workplace well-being and the role that technology plays in that um and then i know i'm speaking somewhere else and it's i just dropping off the tip of my mouth uh i can't you know um and then uh i also have a couple of webinars i've got one webinar coming up actually in 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 the first of february with a vendor called reflective which is also a, a pretty innovative uh, performance management solution um you know, along the lines of high ground, not quite there is same. Okay, here's my analyst hat. Not quite the same in terms of the technology uh, that they have, but definitely, um, definitely forward thinking. Oh my gosh, you are such a busy lady! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, just finally, Michael, how can our listeners learn more about you? Um. Well, I'm very active on Twitter um, and on on LinkedIn. So there, you know, there's lots of information. There's I, I post a lot there. Um, I also have um, 
two websites. Um, the one one is for the analyst firm, which is Accelerate.com, which is E X C E L H R A T E. Um, that tells me that's a little bit more about the company, about um, how we we support vendors. But then in there is also linked to my personal website, um, which is MichaelMoonHCM.com, and that has all kinds of great articles, um, publications that I've authored, webinars um, that I've presented, recordings of those, as well as things like, you know, podcasts I've participated in um, and a little bit about my background and um, um, my passions. Um, so you kind of get the human side as well. Um, and then on Accelerate.com, there's also a blog. And so I post frequently there. That's where in my reviews of vendors go. Um, and then also some of the more, um, you know, academic-y type things as well, where I, I try to to take an academic article and, and make it more practical, um, uh, summarize it in a way that HR practitioners can then take action on that information. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Well, that takes us to the end of this. That just leads me to say, Michael M. Moon, PhD, thank, thank you so much for, for joining us today on, on the HR Chat Podcast. Uh, well, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Um, have a wonderful day. And uh, listeners, thank you very much for, for tuning in. I've been your host, Bill Bannum. This has been the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette.